it. Skin off goal. Look at that pass. Haydock! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and dead seas tonight again! And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Welcome in. Happy Soccer Podcast Day to you. I am Bone. And I am Beam. And uh, today, it's all about the Champions League, baby. CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah! No. I mean, sure, it's a fun little tournament to watch, but uh, we're going to talk about the UEFA Champions League. You know what? I'm actually going to be able to talk on this one. (laughs) Which would be nice. Well, here's the good news for you, buddy. Uh, we're going to have a role reversal because the only game I got to watch in depth was the uh, Bayern Munich thrashing yeah. of Chelsea. So we'll talk about that one. But otherwise, I was watching them in the studio during our show. I went back and watched some highlights. But uh, yeah, I've got a few thoughts. This is going to be mainly the beam show today. Lots of good Champions League stuff, though. And if you are someone who is an MLS fan saying, but... What about the Columbus crew? You guys are in Columbus. You do a show from Columbus. Why not talk about the crew? Don't worry. There is a whole separate Columbus crew preview episode coming your way down your podcast tubes sometime before the season starts. So Amazing, right? Four uh, yes. podcasts in one week. Yeah, this this we will have by the end of this week four separate distinctive podcasts. And on many of them, uh, Beam was either not talking much or on one of them he was not even on. I was not there for the crew podcast. But this is one that you are on and you are ready to go. So where do you want to start? I will let you decide which of the four matches we talk about. Yeah, man. So it doesn't really matter. We can start anywhere you want. But it's it's so fun getting to this stage, Bone, because we know last week we had the first legs, first legs of the round of 16. And obviously those will be played in two weeks time, the return legs. And then you get to this, right? But it's it's always wild in any match, really, for the most part, other than you know, the the goal that Atletico got against Liverpool last week is that you know what you're signing up for. It, it's not just a one-leg affair. It's not just 90 minutes. Go out and win the game at any cost. It is, it's a chess, it's a chess match. And it's always so fun to watch because yesterday, while I am taking in the Real Madrid-Manchester City game, I was sitting there watching it and I'm like, all right, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Because you realize that, what's on the line for both of those teams, really any team in the competition, but it doesn't matter. Like usually any first 20 minute match over a f- opening two leg, you know, period is going to be something that is like, all right, feeling them out. What are we going to do? Kind of unlocking their keys yes, and everything. Right. And that's why it was so fun yesterday between Real Madrid and Pep Guardiola, because you know that you have two masterminds of the game right there. You talk about, you know, Pep, obviously he is a tactical genius. We know that his Champions League shortcomings are very well documented with Manchester City, Real Madrid, the titan of the sport, three Champions Leagues in a row instead of last year. Liverpool gets them, and that's fine. But, you know, it's just – it was a magnificent game yesterday, T-Bone, and I guess we can start there. But I'm, I'm fine to start there because that one, to me, I'll give you my general impression of it, and then you tell me – specifics and and how you may disagree or or what have you Uh, I looked at that game as I saw Real Madrid get a goal Mm -hmm. I said okay well they're at home that's kind of expected Manchester City's really good too but 
you know, the, if they can get out of here maybe tied up, get a road goal, that'd be nice. Uh, even if they lost 2-1 to one, Manchester City, they'd feel pretty good about their chances. As long as they get a road goal somewhere in here, I think they're in a good spot. And then they ended up winning the game 2-1, to one, and I was floored because I looked away for a few minutes and came back and saw, oh, no, it's 2-1, to one, Manchester City, what happened? And then I went back and saw the highlights eventually, but... How did they uh, turn it on in the second half? What did they? What, what did you see that changed a little bit? Yeah, it was actually pretty wild. It was a very, very entertaining game. It was as open of a game that you'll see in the Champions League, especially a first leg. And we know the kind of style of soccer that obviously Real Madrid likes to play and very open. And we know the style of, uh, of soccer that City likes to play and that being very methodical about what they do. And, of course, they got the playmakers too. But I think when, when you added in – this was this could possibly be the turning point of the entire two-leg affair between these two. When Pep Guardiola went to his bench and brought in Raheem Sterling and brought in Sergio Aguero, that was kind of the turning point for me because then that opens up everything. You saw when Sergio Aguero came in and when Raheem Sterling came in, Bone, Kevin De Bruyne now has the keys, right? Like it, he became more on the ball where he was asked to do a lot is like, you know, setting people up in the first half, right. in the first 60 minutes of the match. Like, that's what Kevin De Bruyne was doing. And for the most part, it was working out. But then when you add those two guys in there, you have to account for them. That gets Kevin De Bruyne so much more space. And then he's ball dominant. And then he's able to make moves and run at people and really do what he does best. So I thought it was a pretty tactically genius move there by Pep to unleash, like, you know, almost the Holy Trinity at the very end of the match. It's like, hey, we know we can do this. And by the way, like if you were to just look at the stat line, usually the stat line doesn't reflect the way that the game had gone. That stat line, I don't know how Real Madrid had a 1-0 lead. Like Manchester City probably had four or five chances yeah. on the doorstep yeah. where they could have been up at the Bernabeu and then kind of sat back and were defending. But with that goal coming in the, I believe it was the second half, when Isco got into the box and Vinicius kind of set him free on the left-hand side there, that opened up the keys for Manchester City to say – okay, we're down now, we need a goal, and that was able to unlock a whole nother gear of theirs. But it was, I think, really bringing Aguero in and having his pace and obviously what he brings to the table, he throws that ball back across net, and then Gabriel Jesus is there. I know Sergio Ramos was complaining about how he got pushed on the goal. It's like, hey, man, you were backing into him, all right? Like, he put right. his hands out. Yeah. He didn't oh, I didn't you. think that was a no, penalty at all. God, but all the Real Madrid players are obviously screaming at the ref, and the whole – you know, fans at the Bernabeu are well, and everything, that's, which it's not surprising. If they call that a penalty, I know they've called weaker penalties. I'm just saying those are the types of penalties that get really long-time diehard soccer fans to say, what are, am I, is this even worth watching? Not that that would happen with Champions League because we would all say that and then we'd come back and watch every match anyway. But I'm saying that those types of calls can't happen. So I'm glad it didn't happen and I'm glad they left that off. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up from this match, because you brought up the tactics there and Pep, just in general, if you are new to soccer and you're maybe checking us out and you're not sure, like, all right, what do you guys talk about tactics? Like, what is the importance of soccer tactics? I view the importance of soccer tactics in the way that, like, one simple action can change everything. Sure. Like you said, just making a substitution here or there, moving a player up in this formation, it's it's almost like in the in the real world, if uh, like years ago, someone decides, let's build a dam, let's dam up this river and make a reservoir behind it. Well, prior to that, there might've been little towns along the river on either side of where the dam goes in. Right. Yeah. But once they build the dam, 
half those towns go away because they're now underwater and it's a reservoir. And suddenly now the rest downstream, that all becomes much more developed eventually because everyone who was displaced goes down there. You need more shops, you need more infrastructure. So putting a dam in can lead to 20 years from now, your town gets a mire. Or, you know yeah. what I mean? Some big grocery a Myers store. and a Kroger's. Uh, yes, all the S's. <laughs> like, the, the point being, one decision in the 47th minute of a game can change something in the 85th minute of a game because that's just how it works. You suddenly start wearing down their left side for some reason because you flop your wingers or something. Yeah. And the next thing you know, immediately does it change anything? No. But suddenly the left side of the field is getting worn out and everybody on defense on that side is not keeping the pace. They have to be subbed out quicker. Now you've got weaker players. Now players can attack those. It's just that is what I love about soccer. And the more that you unlock with that, the more your enjoyment goes. And that's what you saw in Manchester City's game with Pep. He, As much as some people talk about him moving on and maybe he doesn't have it anymore with this group, you saw in that game he still does. He still for sure has all of his tactical acumen. Well, and let's not take this lightly either. We talked about it last week where they're facing a two-year Champions League ban. They know that they're not going to win the Premier League because Liverpool's running away with that. All of their eggs are going to be in the Champions League basket. That's what they are trying to do. That is Pep's last accomplishment that he can have in English soccer with Manchester City. So was it a tough tie? Yeah. Anytime you draw Real Madrid, like that's going to be tough. But you have to acknowledge no Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not there. Obviously, he's a great player. Luka Modric is not nearly the player that he was a couple of years ago when he was up for the Ballon d'Or. So it's just it's so wildly different on a year-to-year basis. But then you start realizing like how deep these teams are. And it's like, oh, yeah. Sergio Aguero off the bench, you know, Raheem Sterling off the bench, Gareth Bale, bring him off the bench too. And it's really mind blowing, but I will say this and that Real Madrid is down two to one going to an away leg to the Etihad is that Vinicius is going to be a problem. That guy, I think he's 19 well, years that, old, right? That layoff he had to Isco oh, for the goal is was, unreal. I mean, the, the whole movement and everything. He's just, yeah, he's well, and he had he had a few good. he had a few more few more darts, but where he, I mean, he's just ripping yes. through the Manchester oh, City defense. This like, is another game where if you like goalkeeping, you got oh, to see some hellacious goal. It was great to watch the goalkeepers battle in this game. That was that was fun too. There were some saves where I'm just out of I'm watching it. Uh, on our screen in the studio and I'm like muting myself because I can't we're talking about the NFL we're talking about Cam right. Newton or something and I'm like holy bleep and bleep I can't believe he saved that I can't believe that shot I'm watching it I back at my desk saved. just like oh yeah. like screaming and just going nuts on it like it right. was it, it, to me that was the best game of the entire that in in Dortmund and PSG has been yes. has been the yes. best I best of the first legs. Yep. Those two were fantastic. The talent that is on display in both of those both of those uh, matchups bone are, are unbelievable, but you know Real Madrid, they're down and they also have El Clasico coming up this weekend. Yeah, like they're taking so. on Barcelona and let's not forget Sergio Ramos, he goes back to what the headband. I literally what said was he this. Doing? I said it to your producer Panama Ted. Uh-huh. I was doing updates yesterday giving the Champions League scores and when they right before they were getting ready to kick it off, Sergio Ramos, he's wearing the headband again. I'm like, "Well, Sergio Ramos headband back in the Champions League, he's going to get a red card." Said it to him. <laughs> he is the king of the red cards. He had a horrible game yesterday. They found themselves down 10 men. It could have been 3-1. Riyad Mahrez had a great opportunity towards yes. the end of that game. He went well, under the wall. It was great. It was probably just a little bit off target. Mm. It could have been 3-1 heading back to the Etihad. Well, and if Sergio Ramos doesn't make the play he did to get the red card, it's probably yet another 
3-1. That's probably also a goal right there. So, yeah, that was uh, some shambolic defending. Yeah, and Jesus him. was unbelievable yesterday. It yeah. was it's all around. It was a fantastic game to watch. But I think, I think you're right on the Real Madrid. They're not in the same place that Chelsea is no, for now. They, no they have plenty of hope left, even though they do have to go on the road now and get – you know, they, that situation, they have to overcome a road goal deficit. There is still hope for them. Unlike the Blues, unlike not my Chelsea Blues, because uh, no, Christian, not playing, Christian so. Pulisic wasn't no. playing, so not my Chelsea Blues. These but, are your Bayern Munich Reds because of one Alfonso Davies. Now, I want to just take a moment here and point this out because unbeknownst, and, and not not even unbeknownst, but just we didn't make the connection at the time. We were doing our Western Conference MLS preview, which mm. was your favorite episode. I think we've done all of Oh, them. God. I think out of the whole 54 <laughs> episodes, the whole gambit, that was the yeah. favorite one we've done. Yes. So, Alfonso Davies, uh, we, we in the, in this preview we were doing of the Western Conference, we talked about Vancouver, and you, I believe, said the phrase, I don't know the first thing about Vancouver, or something to the effect of you weren't even sure what color their uniforms were. I thought they were maroon. Right. Okay. So I had to give you a little update on who they were. Then I'm watching Champions League, and as I'm seeing, Alfonso Davies has been great all year long. He's been touted as, by like after since Christmas, people have been saying could be the best, one of the best left backs in Europe. But is for sure, which then makes you one of the best left backs in the world, right? So I mean, this is the <laughs> level of heat that this guy has at not even twenty years old. Nineteen, he will, he will be twenty in November. So plenty of he's time left for newly him. Newly minted nineteen. Oh my God, yes. So bone, he is a nightmare. He's but here's the thing: we were talking about this, and you said, you know what, Vancouver's my team. And then we're watching this game, and I'm texting you saying, your guy, like your Vancouver <laughs> Whitecap, Alfonso Davies, came up through their academy. How cool is that, though, that if you're an MLS fan, I, I watched this guy play. I mean, MLS fans got to see this guy who now is on the stage. That Don Garber should be passed out drunk somewhere celebrating because that's what the goal of MLS should be is sure. take young player, develop them, sell them for something, they go to Europe, and then they do what he did. This game he had was one for the ages. He is unbelievable. And really, like you talk about him, like he has usurped, you know, and maybe that's the wrong word, but you, oh, look yes. at, you look at David Alaba, right? Like David Alaba, one of the best left backs in the world too. They feel comfortable enough where David Alaba can now sit back in, in the center yep. and, and be a center yep. back. Maybe he lost half step over the last four or five years. Whatever that happens, you get a little bit older. But you feel comfortable now putting the left back onto Alfonso Davies, a young Canadian kid, and putting him into one of the biggest clubs in the world mm-hmm. and feeling fine with it. It's like, hey, you know, we're good. We're good. We can handle it. We're good here. Well, and, and tactically, what did they do with him? Because now there's this whole, as we've seen in the tactical revolution continuing, now your left back is not a left back. No. I mean, in the traditional hey, sense. You're a wing back. Yeah, it is. It's it's actually more of a throwback to when soccer had like five forwards yeah. and two defenders where occasionally those defenders, they didn't do much, but then occasionally they would send some forwards back and they'd send a defender out on the wing and then he'd go up and go crazy. But like that's now his position is basically 
I play on the left side. Yeah, I'm just I'm just a left. See all sider. of this 120 yards yeah, in front of me and behind me. This is this is my area. And I'm going to track down Mason Mount when he gets behind the lines. Oh, God, and, was and that vicious? Is by the way, Mason Mount, who I want to point out is like this aging veteran of a what 21 year old yeah. or 20 year old, whatever he is. <laughs> he may not even be older than Alfonso right. Davies for all I know. He's super young too. Not like he's a guy who well he just tracked a guy down because he's hurt or he's old or he, no another guy in his prime blossoming into a great player and Alfonso Davies said nah, I can just shut that down I can make up three yards on you in the final 18 no problem and just catch him instantly and like it was nothing that was and then to do the yes. runs that he was making mm-hmm. the passes he was making of course the run and the pass he made on the third goal was just spectacular but yes allow us but this is now an Alfonso Davies stand podcast yes this is the new this is the way the Mandalorian, this is the way. I mean, he was unbelievable. The run that you were talking about, hopping over, skipping over like three defenders and then just laying it off. The, the Like the amount of consciousness that you have to have where you're not going to go so close to the goalkeeper and you're just going to lay it right into the path of Robert Lewandowski. Like it seems like an easy play, but you know those goalkeepers are big boys. They are big people. They can make they can make up a lot of ground really quick. To be able to lay it right in front of Lewandowski, not hit it a touch behind where a defender's going to get a leg on it. Yeah, to be it, able to make that move at 19 years old on the biggest stage in the world at Stamford Bridge in London in front of all these Chelsea fans, it's it's monumental. Well, and and not only all that, to your point, I mean, he has, if you picture on the run, you have about a one yard width of a tunnel that you have to play that ball through. Like to use, like yeah. you said, you play it a yard too far, goalkeeper gets. You mm-hmm. play a yard behind, it's behind everyone or the defender sweeps it up. It's it's maybe not even, it might even be like an 18 inch pathway that it sure. had from his foot at full sprint after jumping over three people and running all the way down the field and then making that tremendous it was great like i said stan podcast alfonso davis we're here we're loud it's going to be annoying we're going to do this every week as long as we can but yeah he he was fantastic on but, the flip side chelsea dead they're dead. oh this is gone yeah you're, they're you're, dead sorry you got to go back to munich now yeah. <laughs> it's and th- three nil and three nothing yeah i don't know if you paid attention to the german league but uh Bayern munich at home not exactly an easy game to win ever mm. Uh, but they're certainly good this year. Yes, they're, they're, quite the fortress. You thought yeah. the whole Tottenham situation going back to Leipzig was bad, only being down one? Imagine being down to the yes. German champs, down three. I know they're yeah. not going to have Lewandowski, but hey, that's okay. When that's Serge right. Gnabry is pouring in goals, and he scored six goals in Man. London this season, they'll be just fine. Serge Gnabry had himself a whale of a game. What too. a guy. He had, he had moments where, again, that game was on in the studio. We were in a commercial break. I glanced up and saw one of his shots – that I think either missed the mark or got blocked, but it just the pace he had on it. I said, "Woo, this guy!" And then he scores two and looked phenomenal. And Lewandowski set him up on one or both of those. I want to say both of them. Yeah, and it was, but they had brilliant interplay between yeah. the two of them. Talk about a strike a, partnership. Oh man, that's that's something to watch. You know me, the diehard Borussia Dortmund fan that I am. I do worry about whether our team, my team, can get it done in the German championship, but that's a whole nother issue. I have, we don't have to talk about that right we've now. We've been rock steady and I have been solid in this, that you consider Bayern just to be the sleepy German team, you, right? You did. And you brought this up they, in the fall. They are, they're just rock solid and they're, they're never going to like intimidate you like the likes of a Barcelona or a Juventus or a Real Madrid, but oh my God, are they, 
Are they good? They, they should be intimidating. Uh, yeah, just, I, no, I'm not saying they're no, not know, intimidating, know, but, but they have, for some reason, they have right. that aura around well, them. Well, they have the, yeah, they're really good in Germany. I think they get the, sometimes they get the, fair or unfair, they get the label that, well, they're really good in Germany, and Germany's a good league that produces a lot of players, but we know they spend more than anybody in Germany, so they should be the best in Germany, sure. so there you go. And they, I think sometimes we look at other leagues who have at least a similar yin and yang Dorman is the team that's selling players to Bayern. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when Dorman gets good players, often not it's not as cut and dry as that anymore. Sure. But for years, that was Dorman produces great young talent, and some of them go off to England. Some of them go Matt off Hummels elsewhere. And Mario Gertz, they, they, Robert Lewandowski. If Munich yeah. wants to go get a player, they would get them off of Dortmund. So you can't really say as much as they are rivals, it's not the same stratosphere typically between those two. The gap has closed yeah. over the recent years. But and I know RB Leipzig is now right on their heels too. I mean, they're actually closer than Dortmund is in the league, but yeah, we shouldn't judge them just by saying all oh, the quality of the league's not as good as, you know, it's every, the, it's it every is. bit as good. And it's maybe good. that'll be a podcast in the future. Some well, yeah, Bundesliga I think, talk. I think we could definitely do that. Um, let's quickly touch on these two. Uh, Napoli gets the one, one draw at home against Barcelona. Yep, Antoine Griezmann finally stepping up for Barca. Yeah, that was big for them. Nice to get that road goal. They have to feel like they're in really good shape going back home. Barca. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, they're, going they're back good. to going back to camp new. I mean, I'd be shocked if it's not an easy, easy route, not route, but an easy win for them, uh, in the second leg. Yeah, you know, I was pretty surprised with Napoli. They're, I, listen, they've I, been I, good this year, man. They have been good. I haven't watched a ton of Italian soccer. That's not really no, been on my radar. They've been a better. Yeah, they've been really good. But when you have Kalidu Koulibaly, who is man in your defense, it's going to be tough to score on. Yeah. And anytime that he's out there, he he is going to be a problem. But I mean, you got Messi and you have Griezmann and all these different cats. So you're right. I mean, likely I guess maybe some people view this as like a huge. I don't. I didn't. I thought Barcelona going to Napoli would be tough. I thought it would Barcelona. be a good game, and it was. Yeah, a good game. it was. But like, I I expected that as long as Barcelona could hold serve, get a road goal, sure, you go home. That's you what they wanted. That's a hundred percent exactly this what is, they wanted. This is a win for them in that way. Dries Mertens, by the way, very good. He is a he is very very good. Yeah, they've got some talent there. Go figure. All these teams in Champions League, pretty talented. Pretty all right. It's fun to watch. <laughs> and uh, Leon with the, I guess, is this. Is this the upset of the day beating Juventus one nothing? I think it's the upset of the entire first leg. I mean, yeah. I know that okay. I know I that it was, right. I know yeah. that it was at home, you know, French side and everything. But you're talking about a team with Paolo Dybala and Douglas Costa and all these different cats, yeah, Cristiano got- Ronaldo. I mean, you know, a team that has really spent and has spent smart. They're buying big players, but they're getting young, good players. De Jong in the middle, kind of holding that down. They have. A ton of talent. They got a lot of veterans. They got a, youth, a lot of youth on this team, and for them to be able to do that at home, Leon, I think that was the the biggest upset of the the first eight games that have been played. Yeah, it was it was a pretty interesting tilt. Uh, there was uh, some color in that game, some blood. Had uh, yeah, that's right. Juventus. Who was it that had the head it injury? De, it was uh, it was Delict. Yeah, Matthias Delict. Yes. Did I say De Jong? De Jong Delict. One place Whatever. for Barcelona. One place for Juventus. <laughs> They're way. fine. They're both Dutch. They're very yeah. good. Um, and Delict had yeah, he took a. A bad little swipe there oh, yeah. got him in the head, and he was leaking like a sieve. He was. I was thinking of my wrestling viewing of sure. you know, where they Good this God a blood God, he's bleeding like a stuck pig. Like mm-hmm. I'd just be screaming that. That was a lot of blood for a you know soccer game. You don't of typically course. see that. So. No, not really. But by the way, Cristiano Ronaldo first time this calendar year in a game where he has not scored a goal. 
Yeah, you know that First actually time this year. I didn't realize that, but that that's he pretty impressive. A goal, still doing it. Impressive for both sides. It is. That's impressive for him, and it's impressive for Leon in this game that they were the ones who stopped him. Sure. And and the rest of the attack for Juventus. So they had their chances, though. I mean, Gonzalo Higuain was out there. That's right, making some things happen, but couldn't get it done. So. Let's look ahead to the second leg of all these games. Now that we have all sixteen game or all sixteen teams uh, finished up, so you have got March tenth. It's RB Leipzig and Tottenham. Okay, that'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, but I, Leipzig, lo- I think Leipzig, Leipzig at home should be able to take care of business. Leipzig for me, like I said in last week's episode, they are. I don't even know if you would consider them a dark horse because they're in the round of 16 of a Champions League, but they look to be menacing. They're not one of your top three or four teams you would have expected. No, And and they for sure are now in the mix that they could, depending on their draw, if they get through this round, it, you know, it just depends on how things fall for them. That'll be a fun one to watch. That's March 10th. That game and the Valencia sure. rescue job that's going to have to happen at home for them down four to one to Atalanta. It's not impossible didn't seem likely looking at those two teams. Atalanta it's highly did not, unlikely. That was not a fluke. Atalanta no. looked really good in that game. And then March 11th, the game, the games, I think we're all going to be very interested in PSG Dortmund returning to Paris with uh, the Parisians down two to one to mm-hmm. Dortmund. Can Dortmund hang on in that spot with the two goal lead? There is a road goal at play. So obviously all you need to do is for PSG is, win by get one goal and you're now in the lead sure. so are psg known for the defense though i don't eh, think so no, but uh, jadon sancho and Gio reyna and erling brout holland yeah uh, are they able to keep a fun. clean sheet i don't know that's the problem is neither of those teams are known for their defense no not this year that's anyway. why it's so fun yeah it'll be a really interesting tilt and then of course liverpool back at fortress anfield mm-hmm. with atletico madrid with the one nil lead that is big for madrid can they just they just go to zeros and you're through. All they have to do is play their game. That yes. is their game. Get Park a goal. The bus. Park of the bus. That's all they need to do. They don't even need to get a goal in yeah. this game. And Diego Simeone, they will walk out on the field and throw another million dollars just right at him exactly. in that moment because he's the highest paid manager in the world. March seventeenth. That is when all the games we just talked about. St. Patrick's Day. Renew. Yes, St. Patrick's Day. I believe it's also like if you're in Ohio, that's the like Ohio primary. I think is when you can go vote. So you can go vote and then get drink drunk. green beer. And yeah. then watch these games. Manchester or City you can and do Real it Madrid. the opposite. Drink beer, get drunk, and then go vote. How about- <laughs> you can do that, too, if you wanted to. Nobody said you can't love- do that. No one says you can't throw up at the polling place sure. if you want to. Why That's not? not against the law. No. I thought this was America. <laughs> Randy Marsh <laughs> ready to show up. That's right. Maybe Randy Marsh can uh, help out with Real Madrid. I don't know. Uh, Man City, Real Madrid, that is, of course, back in Manchester. And Juventus taking on Lyon in the second leg of that tilt. Uh, then on the 18th of March, it's Barca, Napoli, and Bayern versus Chelsea, yeah, which so a couple is week a little, formality. A couple week layoff here before the next rounds get going, Bone, but a lot of stuff in the meantime before then. Obviously, you have the MLS opening up this weekend, or I should say MLS. I need to get out of the habit of it's calling okay. it the MLS. I do the same thing with Major League Baseball. Sorry, I've heard like Don Garber call it the MLS, and I'm like, shouldn't you know you, you work here? You, <laughs> do you work here? I don't know. No. I'm good. You got that. You have obviously Premier League is back. You have a couple of Europa League things going on as well. And then I believe FA Cup and yeah, just the FA Cup resumes next week too. So a lot of of stuff going on in between these two weeks where they're taking off. Trying to remember which Liverpool matchup it is this weekend, but it's another one, I believe. Is it maybe Watford? 
on Saturday at that noon. That sounds about maybe. right. Maybe another tilt that if they win it, you say, okay, they're pretty much on their way. If Manchester City were to be distracted by their recent success in the Champions League. Watford just, on the road this weekend. Okay, Watford on the road. Yep. I'm just saying, keep an eye out for points being dropped by Manchester City. Liverpool almost looked like they were about to <laughs> have the unlikeliest result of the year on Monday, but they got out of that game. City, by the way, home against Arsenal this weekend. Mm, all right. Probably not going to be much there, but keep an eye on it. Oh, wait, I'm never sure. mind. That game no. was postponed. Oh, right, because they've got a replay, I think. They, they do, against yeah. Aston Villa. Okay, so there you go. I don't know. So never mind what we just said. Anyway, thanks for listening. Columbus Crew season preview coming at you next. Thanks again for listening to Bone and Beam United. You've been listening to Bone and Beam United. 